Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Monday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Coming out of the weekend, two big wins for Indiana. A statement win, I thought, early on, on the road against Xavier. Trace Jackson Davis, the real deal. Xavier Johnson stepped up in that contest as well. And then a 30-point blowout victory in Indianapolis last night uh, to send Indiana 2-0 in the weekend and move them forward in the season. And I think a lot of positive discussions we can have today about this team now that we've seen them on the road taking on a good Xavier ball club. Glad to have you with us for this Monday program. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, here in just a few moments, we'll go through some headlines. We'll recap both of the IU victories for you over the weekend and talk about the week ahead. And we can't leave out here very early in this program Dexter Williams, IU football quarterback in his first real start of the season, leads the team to a big victory over Michigan State. It was a wild and wacky game with a very, very crazy finish, but Indiana football stole one against a very good and improving Michigan State team, and that sends them into this week, Purdue week, uh, for the old oaken bucket with really some momentum, the first that they've had since very early in the season, Uh, to see if they could close the season out with a very big win over the rival Boilermakers coming up this weekend. So big stuff for them. And uh, again, when you thought Indiana football was down and out, and I've been one of the lead people, at least here on the radio, uh, basically saying we weren't talking about them a lot, weren't paying a lot of attention to them at this point. Basketball is king. Basketball is taking over the uh, focus, that is for sure. Uh, And with that said, Uh, I tell you what, uh, this Indiana football team, I think, has made people really excited about the last week of the season. Uh, Also, later in the show here on this Monday program, we're going to have Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. He's going to join us. And then later in the hour, being with us here today, will be Chad Gilbert, the Charlestown Athletic Director. Chad is a member of the IHSA Executive Board. He's on the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame board as well, and the AD at Charlestown will talk local sports and high school basketball begins in full swing this week. The girls' season has already been up and running, and the boys' season begins with games. Really, there's a few Monday night games, but Tuesday night, Wednesday night, big nights for Thanksgiving basketball here in our state, so we'll talk about that coming up as well. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. 
Also, uh, the Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton's text line. Love to hear from you. I know that there's some excitement about IU hoops. There has been all offseason, but probably now more than ever with the win over Xavier on Friday. Love to hear your thoughts, your questions from that game, takeaways from the weekend, Trace Jackson Davis, he's looking like a preseason All-America, that All-American that he has been billed to be. There is no question about that. So send in your questions and your comments and your text. We'll get them on the show today at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Right now you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito, and any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register for the Refreshing Rewards program to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. And again, the number to text the show, 502-414-1450. Let's get into some of the headlines coming out of the weekend. A lot of real positive stuff on IU basketball. Trace Jackson Davis, a dominating performance on Sunday night, his second of the weekend. And as I mentioned, he really is living up to the billing of being not just a Big Ten Player of the Year candidate, and many had him as the preseason player of the year, but also a preseason All-American. If he continues down the path he's on, uh, Trace is headed for a big, big, very likely final campaign for him in Bloomington. 17 points, 16 rebounds. He played just 25 minutes in the blowout win over Miami of Ohio on uh, Saturday, on Sunday night, excuse me. And he's currently fifth in the Ken Pomeroy National Player of the Year rankings, which is a statistical-based deal. But he's had some outstanding games so far, been very efficient for Indiana so far. I think you've also got to look at three-point shooting this season. Miller Kopp has been the key Hoosier so far. Indiana doesn't take, or at least hasn't so far, a great volume of three-point attempts, but Indiana knocking down 36.8% from three-ball range through the fourth game of the season. Uh, he hit two of his five attempts, did Miller Cop in the IU 30-point win. So he's someone I think very important to this team. If three-point shooting is going to continue to improve, perhaps even more than it has so far, I think he will be a big key for that this season. And then over the weekend, the, what Malik Renu has done for this team, he, he's become an impact freshman, a lot like Jalen Hood Shafino. Uh, he had a really good line on uh, Sunday night. He is Indiana's second leading scorer at this time at 11.5 points per game, averaging just 17.5 minutes per game, shooting 73, just a tad over 73% on two-point field goals and uh, doing some really, really good stuff. Uh, he is really good, and uh, I think uh, it's going to be really, I don't want to say a surprise because I think people knew he had talent coming in, but he might be as much of an impact fr freshman as what uh, Jalen hood Shafino could be. Jalen hood Shafino also was up and down this weekend, he truly looked like a first-year player uh, in Division I hoops at that level on Friday, but then came back and had a really good game against Miami of Ohio on Sunday night. I love the Friday-Sunday format. I know we don't see it all the time, 
but uh, you get a game going into the weekend, and just before the weekend ends, you get another opportunity to see the Hoosiers. And a really good mix of games and opponents this weekend. Xavier on the road, obviously a much tougher opponent than what Indiana had faced to date, and then a much lighter opponent like Miami of Ohio uh, on Sunday night. And I thought it's neat to see the team play in Indianapolis at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. That is a nice touch to be in the capital. They'll have some other games potentially there this season. Uh, so a nice deal there. And again, um, for Indiana, uh, there's some big tests ahead. Yes, there's still some the buy games, as we call them, the non-conference games, but there really are some big games ahead. We are nine days away, nine days away from a North Carolina-Indiana game. And I got to say, got to see North Carolina for just a bit over the weekend they are winning, and they are number one in the country, but they were not destroying some of the teams that they have played recently. So could Indiana find a way to muster that big win coming up over the Tar Hills? That obviously would send things to even another level here early in the season. But the, the good weekend for the Hoosiers and Mike Woodson and Trace Jackson Davis, Malik Renew, so many uh, different things to take away. The bench was really good, I thought, uh, in that contest on Sunday night especially. And uh, then you go back to Friday night, Xavier Johnson. We finally got to see him step up in a big game when he was probably needed most so far this season. I know maybe if there's an area of concern so far, it's been his lack of production. But he, uh, he and of course, I know he had the technical foul. A lot of people did not like that. I get that. But he did have a, uh, a big game on Friday for him. So uh, if he can continue to get going in these big games, he is just another big-time weapon with some real experience under his belt for Indiana. So two uh, two big wins. Uh, the Miami of Ohio, not an exciting win like Xavier, but it's a game that you want to win by 30-plus points if you can. It's a game that you want to put away early and often. And then, of course, the game Friday against Xavier to battle like that down the stretch on the road. How many times have we seen Indiana come up short in a similar contest like that, a conference game or another important non-conference game? This time they didn't and maybe that could be a mark of this team moving forward. Also in college basketball, just kind of watching things over the weekend, there were some good Sunday games with Gonzaga and Kentucky and some other interesting contests Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening as well. But five teams in the top ten of the Associated Press poll lost last week, so it's very possible that Houston could be the number one team uh, in the country. North Carolina is still 4-0 as well. Uh, Virginia still 4-0, Kansas in the top five, I would think, this week when the poll comes out at noon today. But very interesting how this season has started. There have been a number of key teams knocked off. And uh, Indiana, can they move up the poll? I think they should with some losses ahead of them and two big wins coming out of the weekend also. Got to talk IU football. Dexter Williams leads Indiana to victory in his first career start. What a game it was. 39-31, a double overtime road win for IU over Michigan State. What is that? The old brass platoon, I believe, is the uh, the trophy, the cup that goes to the winner of that game. And a crazy finish, but Dexter Williams, the second, could he be settling into this position, and could he be the no-brainer to be the starter next year for Indiana? I know there's a lot up in the air with this football program right now, but I thought for the team to win with their backs against the wall when a lot of people thought the season had already been mailed in 
to get the win, to battle down the stretch as they did. And then, of course, you've got a big opportunity ahead now because the game with Purdue. Uh, Purdue could very well win the West Division of the Big Ten Conference, which is much weaker. We talk about this a lot than Indiana's East Division they participate in. But could Indiana knock off Purdue? I think if they play the way they did against Michigan State, that they absolutely can. So that win is unexpected, a big surprise, and I think it does a lot for IU football fans and for this rivalry game coming up on Friday to keep even more interest in things uh, when a lot of people thought this season, including me, I thought this season was over. I thought Indiana would likely get blasted pretty good by Michigan State. I thought maybe they could compete with Purdue given it's a rivalry game, but ultimately would get beat. But I think after the win Sunday, or Saturday, I should say, for IU football, it makes things on Sunday for that big Purdue rivalry game much more hopeful for Indiana football. And if they could find a way to close the season with wins over Michigan State and then rival Purdue, I think for what it has been this season, what they have been through, the lack of success they've had, it would be a very, very positive close. And at that point, I think that's what IU football fans that are still with the team are hoping for. And that went on Saturday. And with the Purdue game coming up, it's going to bring some people back and help the crowd and the interest for what's always an important game, no matter what the records have been in the regular season or in conference play. That's always an interesting game when Indiana and Purdue hook up specifically in football and basketball. So a big one coming up, probably more excitement for that game than what I would have thought given Indiana's victory on Saturday over Michigan State. High school basketball begins this week. Some interesting games. We'll get a look at some of the teams early in the week on Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll get a look at some of the teams later in the week as well. Some teams have games early in the week before Thanksgiving and after the week as well. But some really interesting games. New Albany and Clarksville I think is interesting on Wednesday night to begin the season for both teams. You've got New Albany and Bloomington South coming up on Saturday. A look at uh, also early on Providence and Brownstown, a really good Brownstown team, will challenge this Providence team right out of the gate. So some interesting matchups here in week one of the regular season. And just glad that high school hoops is back. We're now complete. We've had NBA for what, a month and a half or so. We've had college, if you include exhibition games, for two, three weeks now. And we've also got high school basketball officially beginning with some games in our area on Tuesday night, more games on Wednesday, a pause for Thanksgiving on Thursday, and, of course, some games on Friday, but mainly some Saturday games this week with the Thanksgiving holiday set for uh, Thursday evening. A lot of teams have Friday off as far as games go. So we'll be a fun week all the way around. And uh, we'll be with you this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, to bring you complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. All right, that'll wrap up segment number one. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. Love to hear from you, your questions, comments, thoughts on the Hoosiers over the weekend. How surprised were you about the football team's success? Uh, we'll take all your questions and comments on the Thornton's text line. Coming up next, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for 
all the small schools never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we are back here on this Monday program. The Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star with us today. And, Zach, for the first time in a number of weeks, I want to start with football first today, and that's because Indiana had a huge win in double OT against Michigan State on Saturday uh, Zach, when this team had its back against the wall the most, and I think a lot of people thought the season was basically over, uh, they came through with a monster win, a very surprising win against a Michigan State team that has seemed to improve in recent weeks. And all of a sudden, headed into this game with Purdue, a rivalry game, I feel like the interest is back, and this team has won some of its supporters back over who were really concerned with what had happened this season. No, I, I think all that's fair. I mean, Indiana, I think, deserves credit. This was the first time, I think, I think the staff, they kept moving through the, the broadcast. Because I, I didn't, you know, we, we split the trips up. I was in Cincinnati on Friday and Indianapolis on Sunday. So full disclosure, Wilson Moore was, was up in East Lansing on Saturday. Um, but the, the staff that kept running through the TV broadcast was, I think, Indiana was something like 0-7 or 0-and-whatever it was when trailing by 17 or more at halftime since 2003. So basically it had been almost 20 years since Indiana had erased a halftime deficit that large. It had been more than 20 years, if I'm not mistaken, since Indiana had won in East Lansing. I think the last time they won uh, in front of crowds, in, in front of a, a, a stadium that wasn't closed off for COVID. Obviously they won there during the COVID season, but in front of fans, the first time they've won there, uh, unless I'm sorely mistaken, since 2001. Um, and, you know, I mean, this was a Michigan State team with a lot to play for. They're going to be underdogs this weekend against Penn State. They, you know, this was probably their – this was their senior day. I believe that Penn State game is in State College. This was their best chance to lock up a, a bowl berth and at least kind of put something meaningful at the end of a, what I think is it's fair to say has been a pretty disappointing season in East Lansing. And Indiana just, you know, kind of flipped the script in a lot of ways. We have not seen this team run the ball nearly as well as it did on uh, on Saturday. Uh, I think they had 284 sack-adjusted rushing yards. Um, now, you know, it, it's a it's a little it's a little bit 295. Excuse me, it's a little bit weird because they completed two passes uh, in seven attempts for 31 yards, and Dexter Williams was sacked three times. But on the other side, they had. You know, two players that uh, rushed for, again, sack-adjusted over 100 yards, one of them being the quarterback. Um, they had three different players rush for a touchdown. They obviously had a kickoff return for a touchdown. You know, they did. I mean, they did what we have criticized this team for not doing a lot of this season, which is they played complementary football. All three phases of the, foot, of the game, they were picking each other up. You know, special teams made plays, defense made plays, offense made plays. And, yes, they needed some fortune. Michigan State botched a, a very, very makeable field goal at the end of regulation. And then, you know, both teams kind of traded special teams mistakes in the, the first overtime. Um, so let's not make it out to be like Indiana, you know, beat Ohio State or anything. But given the direction of Indiana's season and given, you know, the questions you were going to have about this team going into the offseason, about the, the direction of the program, the mentality of the players, et cetera, 
um, the fight they showed and the commitment they showed on Saturday, I think, I think deserves to be commended. Talking with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star for Indiana, Dexter Williams at quarterback offered some good things. It was that performance on Saturday maybe a glimpse into what his future role could look like with this program? I mean, I think it probably should be, frankly. Now, I, you know, what, what I'll say at the outset about Dexter Williams is, you know, listen, the, the flip side is he's seen, you know, substantial snaps in three separate games now this season. As a passer, he is 12 of 37 for 179 yards, two touchdowns and two picks. He's got a completion percentage of 32.4. Um, he's got a, a QB rating on ESPN of 48.3. So, uh, you know, let's not make him the, the, you know, the second coming of Johnny Manziel or whoever, although I guess Indiana fans probably, you know, do you want the second coming of Johnny Manziel? Maybe you don't. That's a separate conversation. But you understand what I'm saying. On the other hand, it's not just the fact that he's mobile. There is kind of this this sense that he just has that that playmaking gene a little bit, and you know we've talked about him I think at different times this season. His coaches have brought him up at different times, and um, you know kind of you know kind of went out of their way in the preseason to say, hey, you know this this kid's going to be really good. It's just a matter of time, and obviously he's developmentally lost a lot of time in his career because his first, he enrolled early, but his first spring practice was canceled due to COVID and he tore his ACL in his second spring practice, which meant he was still rehabilitating and getting back to full strength in his third spring practice, which is where a, a young quarterback makes a lot of gains because that's where you can give a young QB just a ton of sort of unfiltered, unscripted, un sort of reserved repetitions. Um, and you can see that he's still, you know, there's a lot he still has to do developmentally, but again, you also do feel like there is, for lack of a better term, a little bit of just a playmaking gene in him there, a, 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 a mental toughness, uh, a sense of, you know, his teammates responding to, you know, who he is and what he can do. And he also, uh, it's worth saying, Indiana has not had, I would argue, a, a truly mobile quarterback since probably Peyton Ramsey. Uh, nothing against Michael Penix. I just don't think Penix had a great feel. I think he could be, you know, point to point. He was, he was, he could be very fast, but I don't think he had a great feel running the football the way Ramsey did, the way Kellen Lewis did, the way Trey Roberson did um, to, to, to invoke some, some IU quarterbacks of the recent past. I think Dexter Williams has some of that. And that can make a difference when you've got an offensive line that's struggling, an offensive line that, that needs, a little bit of help at times. And I thought you could see, especially in some of Indiana's big chunk plays Indiana tore off on Saturday, the impact of pretty clearly, you could see the impact of having a quarterback that defenses had to respect running the football um, and what that opened up, you know, kind of on the other side of the, on the other side of the field. So uh, I think Dexter Williams is pretty clearly your starter for Purdue, you know, I don't know that you necessarily go into the off season saying, Oh, that's the quarterback position sewn up for the foreseeable future he's clearly still got to improve but there's a lot to like there and and he's got prodigious arm talent in addition to the way he runs the football Um, I think if you're Indiana you you should feel encouraged by his future behind center talking with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star obviously a lot to get to from basketball as well can you summarize what you saw this weekend for the Hoosiers, or rather from the Hoosiers, a big road game against Xavier in a tough environment on Friday. They were able to hang tough 
and eke out with the win, and then uh, they put Miami of Ohio away in front of a uh, crowd in Indianapolis. Yeah, I, I mean, it was, a, it was a good weekend for Indiana. It was a really good weekend for Indiana. And that Xavier win was always going to eat up most of the oxygen. I think you could even see kind of in the sluggish start Indiana had. You know, I mean, at one point in the, the first half um, Sunday, I think it was still 34 to 26 or 32 to 26. You know, Miami was allowed to kind of hang around for a little while. And it was, frankly, pretty clearly um, that, you know, reflective of just Indiana being tired and Indiana having put most of its effort and energy for the weekend into the Xavier game. But the Xavier game was a big one. I mean, it, you know, it, I threw this stat out before um, before the game. Xavier is, is right now in the 30s in Ken Palm's national rankings. Obviously, we don't know where they'll finish the season. For the moment, they're actually 34th, which is better than what they were when Indiana beat them. They were 38th when Indiana beat them. Um, the last time in Ken Palm's database, anyway, Indiana beat a team in a true non-conference road game that finished the season in the Ken Palm top 40 was 2001. Uh, it was 21 years to the day, November 18th, 2001, that they beat Xavier on Friday night. It was at Charlotte. And there are a couple that they've won a couple games in that stretch that have been just outside there, like NC State in 2011, I think it was like 43, something like that. So that's, that's, that's juking the numbers a little bit, but, um, the point is, these types of road wins have been very difficult to come by for Indiana in, in non-conference play. And this is the kind of, we'll see what Xavier is. I think they look good. I don't think they're a top 10 team or anything like that, but I think this win, my gut says this win is going to stand up all season as a, as a, as a high quality win for Indiana, given that it was in a true road environment. And it was a tough road environment. I don't know if it came through in the, the broadcast or not, you know, the Centop Center isn't the, is not the, the, the biggest arena in the world. Um, I think it holds about 11,000, maybe something, something in that range. Um, but it is, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough place to play. It's very cozy. Um, and you know, the, the crowd was really up for that game and, Indiana had to fight for it. They were a little bit sluggish. I thought maybe the crowd affected them a little bit early. Then they really kind of found their – I mean, like it was something like 13 points in the first 11 minutes of the first half and then 25 points in the last nine. So there was a clear line of demarcation of, of when Indiana kind of turned it on. And then Indiana, to its credit, took control, you know, right away at the start of the second half. When you think about last season, one of the things that we talked about Indiana struggling with at times was, you know, being sharp – and, and playing well at halftime, Indiana was much better than Xavier. And Sean Miller kept hammering this after the game in the first four minutes of the second half. And then Indiana just kind of kept absorbing Xavier runs, absorbing crowd energy and all that, and just kind of handing it back. And I know people will look at it and say, well, you know, other than Trace Jackson Davis and Xavier Johnson, nobody did a heck of a lot. Well, I put, uh, obviously, other than Malik Renew had a very good game off the bench, and Indiana missed some free throws. And if they, you know, those free throws could have come back to hurt them. What I would say is they didn't. You know, and and how many times have we talked about Indiana on the other side of these games in the last five or six years where we said, well, if Indiana had just hit that free throw or if Indiana had just made that open three, maybe they would have gotten the win. You know, the reality is when you win on the road, especially in November, you can be imperfect. It's the old Kelvin Sampson, you know, the old Kelvin Sampsonism. You don't play February basketball in November. It's okay that Indiana didn't look like the complete, you know, the complete picture on Friday night, and they still won against a team that I think is going to be competitive in the Big East. 
that's very valuable. And then Sunday, I mean, Sunday was what it was. Miami's not any good. Indiana started slow, but they, they beat them. They covered. You know, you could certainly see an Indiana team that didn't even go home after the Xavier game. They just spent the night in Indianapolis Friday and Saturday. Um, you just kind of take that one and move on. But I think it, it was obviously a very good weekend overall for Indiana. Zach Osterman with the Indianapolis Star, my guest. A lot of positives to talk about. We covered some in the first segment, and you've done a great job highlighting highlighting things now. But one, one concerning point is I think Trey Galloway is going to be such a huge part to this team, at least coming off the bench. He was unavailable for the game on Sunday and was dressed in street clothes. We know about his injury, his surgery in the offseason. Is there reason for concern there? Do we know anything about what's going on with him? Uh, so, I mean, Mike Woodson pretty much made it sound post-game Sunday uh, like he he could have played, and they were just he, he said his knee got kind of twisted at one point in the Xavier game, um, and uh, basically he just you know they held him out for precautionary reasons because ultimately they should be able to beat Miami without you know with or without him. Um, I mean, listen, I you know I think Indiana's I want to say Indiana's played sixty-two games. In the last two years, I think they played, um, or no, I think, excuse me, I think they played 60, yeah, 62 games in the last two years. They played 35 last year and 27 the year before that. And Trey Galloway's only appeared in 45 of them. He's had some injury issues in the past. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that people can't look at Trey Galloway and say, oh no, another injury. I get why that's the reaction. Um, But Mike Woodson very much made it sound post game and kind of just the whole tone around it post game was. Uh, that it was very precautionary and you, you kind of got the sense that if it was somebody Indiana needed to be full strength to try and beat, Trey Galloway would have played. But because it was a team that Indiana, frankly, could play poorly in stretches against and still beat by 30, um, they just held him out. So, I, I you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, Mike Woodson was already talking about the possibility of him being back Wednesday. And again, these two games this week are also games if you're Indiana, especially at home. You should probably be able to win without, with or without Trey Galloway. Um, but it, it doesn't seem like this is a long-term concern. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. Zach, how about the start of college basketball this season? Five of the top ten, I think it was, Associated Press teams in the la- latest edition of the rankings, which came out early last week, were defeated here this past week. So kind of a situational, I guess, trying to figure out who's who, what the hierarchy of college hoops is going to be like this year. Uh, a lot of teams that were ranked highly have lost, and with Indiana winning at Xavier, winning again on Sunday, they're going to move up some. Yeah, I would expect so. And, I mean, listen, this is you know this is a little bit what we said about college basketball going in. Like, we, we, we put, you know, we put a number of the, I guess, the teams that, you know, we just you just sort of count on being good. Uh, up near the top of the rankings, your UNCs, your Kentuckys, et cetera. Obviously, Kentucky's had a, a particularly difficult start here. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just looking at the Ken Palm rankings, and, and they're three and two now. Um, but, you know, we, we said this, I think it's, it's particularly sort of exaggerated or intense in the Big Ten, but we said this about college basketball at large, which is this doesn't feel like a season where you've got clearly – you know, a, an established group of, you know, five or six teams that are just sort of, uh, you know, irrepressibly good. Just, just, just they're going to go out and, and absolutely kind of dominate you uh, or dominate the, 
the scene. It, it feels like a year where things are a little bit more open and, you know, some things have changed. You know, you look at like a Duke, for example, obviously sort of finding its way under um, John Shire. And, you know, I think there's a, a team like Virginia I think about, which is fifth in Ken Baum's rankings right now, 4-0, and a couple of really impressive wins over the weekend. You know, that's a team that, that that's a program that, you know, we were probably kind of asking some questions like, what's the future at Virginia if they have another tough season under uh, uh, under Tony Bennett? Because they haven't been great the last couple years. Um, you know, it, it just it feels like a season where basically it's going to take some time for us to sift through some of these teams. And I think, you know, what will be interesting about Indiana, you know, sort of framed in that context is Indiana is, a, one of those teams where people are looking and saying, hey, how good is Indiana? You know, how good can they be? What will we think of Indiana by January 15th, by Valentine's Day? Um, and they're also going to play some of those teams. You know, they're going to play UNC. They're going to play Arizona. Um, you know, maybe to some extent Xavier is on the fringes of, of kind of some of these conversations and they've already played them. That Indiana is challenging itself in the non-conference against some of these teams that, that maybe we're also asking questions about. Um, I think is, is valuable and is, is even more so than the average going to help us sort of sift through exactly what Indiana is and what Indiana is capable of this year. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. Zach, as always, thanks for helping us start the week from an IU perspective, and we'll talk with you again uh, after the Thanksgiving break. Have a good holiday as well. You too. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Zach Osterman with us Mondays. He's the IU beat writer for the Indianapolis Star. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, local sports and the start of high school basketball with Chad Gilbert, the athletic director at Charlestown High School. And also, speaking of college hoops, tonight, our friend Scott Davenport and the Bellman Knights, they play on ACC Network at Cameron Indoor Stadium on the campus of Duke. So a big one coming up for Bellman tonight as they continue to set new heights as a Division I basketball program. We'll head to a break. We're back with Chad. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennis. And we're back here on this Monday program. Again, happy Thanksgiving. Going to be a short week, I know, for a lot of you. Hopefully you can mix in some good basketball. There's plenty to go around with Indiana having two games this week. Don't forget high school basketball starts this week as well. Uh, Chad Gilbert supposed to join us. We'll see if we can connect with him here in just a few moments. But I do want to mention that there was a rivalry game of sorts uh, for Jeffersonville and Silver Creek on Friday night. Jeffersonville won that contest 69-62. And then Jeff, the following day, was hammered pretty good by Bedford North Lawrence. But Jeff going to be an interesting team. They are now... I think five and three on the season with some young talent there as well. So that was a big girls game over the weekend. And now we can gear up for boys games coming up this week as well. Uh, pretty good slate of games. I'm going to take you through the area teams. Borden gets underway tomorrow with a Tuesday night game at Eastern Peak. And that's always kind of a rivalry game to begin the season. Charlestown also normally begins as they will again this season with New Washington on Tuesday night at home. That's obviously a northern Clark County rivalry game, two schools from the greater Clark school system. Christian Academy, they don't get started until after Thanksgiving on November 28th. They will take on Portland Christian. Clarksville will open by hosting New Albany on Wednesday night. 
and I think that will be a fairly interesting game to take in. Floyd Central also with one of the later starts in the area. They do not play until November 29th after the Thanksgiving holiday. On Tuesday night, Henryville's at Rock Creek. That's a good early season game. Jeffersonville's first game comes later in the week after Thanksgiving on November 26th. And get ready for this. They take on Indianapolis Cathedral, who I saw was number one in the IBCA coaches poll that came out last night. Of course, I mentioned New Albany and Clarksville, New Washington at Charlestown. Providence will host Brownstown Central. Uh, so two big games on November 26th, Jeff Cathedral and Providence Brownstown, two big challenges for our local teams and uh, Silver Creek at Columbus East on Wednesday night. So you've got some Tuesday night games, a decent slate, a couple games on Wednesday. I don't think there's anything really in the area on Friday. And then you've got some interesting games coming up Saturday as well. Kind of a look at the, uh, the local scene here for high school basketball that begins this week. I remember the years when Christian Academy and Floyd played early in the week. That was always fun. Those were some of those great Christian Academy years when Steve Kerberg was the head coach there. Uh, and the missing is that game from the schedule here this year. So that's a look at things for this uh, opening week of high school basketball. And I know it seems like it's all just getting underway. And there are so many storylines to watch this season. But it, it goes so quick, and before you know it, we'll be talking about uh, high school basketball and the postseason, which is crazy to think about as it begins here in late November. But really, December, January, February, three full months of basketball until we get into postseason for the boys and the girls as well. But some great games coming up, and a lot of unknown about our area. I've mentioned this as I have talked to some of the local coaches on the program and we've got more coming up this week, but uh, definitely some unknown about who is going to be the front runner in the area. We think we know that Providence will be really good again, uh, but there's a lot of unknown with Jeff and Floyd Central. I did hear rumblings that the Highlanders looked really good against Wagner on Friday night and beat them in all of the varsity quarters. Caleb Washington obviously will be the key player for Floyd Central. Tevia Lee is expected to play a big role this season as well. There's some other guys that are either new or maybe didn't get as much run last season that will be counted on. And then I was told New Albany against Heritage Hills. Well, I was told a couple things. Number one, Trent Sicily for Heritage Hills that uh, is an IU potential target. He was outstanding. Uh, handling the basketball, helping run the offense, uh, doing a little bit of everything, showing he could shoot the basketball as well. But as far as New Albany goes, uh, they were pretty good and uh, were able to hold their own. And so against Heritage Hills, who should be really good in 3A, uh, if not maybe one of the favorites to come out of 3A South, uh, that's a good sign for New Albany. I know Justin Carter will be out for the first four games of the season uh, for the violation of team rules. Jim Shannon told me over the weekend, so that's something to consider when you think of the Bulldogs early on. And they've got some big games early. They've got a game against Floyd Central, which is inside of that window that Carter will be out. So he obviously has the potential to make New Albany, I think, solid because he uh, can do so much with the basketball. He is very creative and can get to the rack and uh, will be could be a key player here in the area this season. So that's kind of some thoughts on high school basketball. I think we're awaiting to hook up with Chad Gilbert here anytime. So hopefully he can join us before we wrap up today. But again, Bellerman and Duke tonight, 
Justin Betts of Providence, some other locals on that Bellarmine roster, but it's primarily Betts who's a key player and a starter for that team, getting the opportunity, I think, for the third time to play at Duke and Cameron Indoor Stadium. That is awesome for Coach Davenport and his program. Of course, it's a Bellarmine team that kind of hard to get a judge on. They should be good. They should be a favorite in their conference. But that win over Louisville would make you think, well, maybe they could go to Duke and keep it close and keep it competitive. But obviously, Louisville clearly having some problems in year one under Kenny Payne. And uh, I don't know that that gives us a really good read on what to expect tonight. But I've had a couple people ask. That game is on ACC Network, so you get a chance to see bets and the Knights on television tonight. And just a really cool opportunity for Bellarmine to get a chance to play at that level of college basketball. And I think Coach Davenport's willingness to send his team out to play basically whoever, whenever, and to work really hard utilizing some of his connections in college hoops to play on the road at some of these big places and against big programs uh, helps them when they get to their conference season. And what should put them, could put them in a position again this year uh, to win the A-Sun. The only disappointing thing for some of the locals for us here in southern Indiana on the Bellman roster is, as we know from last season, they can't go to the NCAA tournament, can't go to the NIT tournament because it is owned, operated, whatever you want to say, by the NCAA. So that's a, a bit of a buzzkill. They're able to repeat that same success as they were a year ago. But obviously, Bellman, a really, really special program here in the area, doing big things under Coach Davenport. And it's neat to see Justin Betts get the opportunity, a fifth-year guy, fifth-year senior because of COVID, to come back and get some extra time in the college hoops game. And you can expect him, if you watch him play and see how hard he, he does everything, from cuts to defense to anything at all, whether he's got the ball or not, he's a great example for future players to watch as far as the commitment and what it takes to be a total team player. But neat stuff for uh, Bellerman as they play at Duke tonight. Also, a few people have asked high school basketball. Yes, we'll have games on the radio. We are so crowded right now with football, basketball, overlap, and there are so many things that we have to clear on this Thanksgiving week. But stay with us as we get into December. We'll try to bring you on a weekly basis some of the big Southern Indiana high school basketball games. I know New Albany Floyd really one of the first big rivalry games of the area on an early Friday night in December. So we'll uh, we'll hope to have that one for you as well. And I'm told we have Chad Gilbert. Chad was tied up at uh, Charlestown High School, but with us to close out the program. Chad, uh, high school hoops, it begins uh, across our state officially today. And we've got some local games on Tuesday and Wednesday. And that, my friend, is very exciting. Man, it's a great time of year. First, apologize for running late here. Uh, at the doctor's office, I'm trying to get off the shelf here. Still, still fighting this, but I, I'm feeling better. I'm coming back strong, so it'll be anxious to get this dose of feast week in the college level and high school sports locally. We've got a big doubleheader tomorrow night with uh, New Washington, a boy-girl doubleheader that we hope can really ignite our fan base, ignite our kids, and really have a great season. Our coaches have worked extremely hard up here, and we're hoping we can get off to a good start. And everybody in the Charlestown, New Washington community get out for this game because it's a bragging rights game. We're going to see this is something that when I was in school, you know, New Washington had the Matthews twins up there that were very good. We had very good teams. And we're trying to bring that bragging rights back to northern Clark County. So we're excited about getting it going with the boys and girls tomorrow night. And I know there's a lot of other high school games right around the corner. So you and I, we're in for a great week. 
Absolutely, Chad Gilbert, my guest. I'm glad you said that. I was focused on the IU schedule this week and high school stuff, but it is feast week in more ways than one. There's some great college basketball uh, on the Thanksgiving holiday and some other games throughout the weekend that makes it kind of an extra loaded time for basketball. Man, I heard Jimmy Dyke say last night in the Kentucky Gonzaga game, he said that feast week is the best week of basketball along with he didn't put it second. He put it along with the conference championship week. So that's saying a whole lot of stuff because you know how good those championship weeks are heading into the NCAA tournament. So this is a big week for college basketball fans and a big week for teams. This is an opportunity for teams to make statement games that will go on their resume when it comes time for March Madness. Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad, you mentioned the start of high school basketball. I'm already perusing the schedule. I mentioned the new Albany Floyd Central game coming up in early December. The early games are great. It's glad, you know, we're all glad the season's here, but I'm looking forward to some of those very meaningful games, whether it's conference games, rivalry games. Those are the games that begin to tell the story for what this season and really what the postseason, that's what everybody plays for, what it could be like. Well, you know, there's a lot of stuff up for grabs this year, a lot of question marks, a lot of uncertainties, a lot of new faces, and a lot of faces, you know, are, let me say a face that's going to be running through the gauntlet one last time. I know you've talked about this on the show, man. I didn't get to do it, but just a quick shout-out and tribute to Coach Jim Shannon. You know, what an outstanding guy. You talk about someone who's won a whole lot of games, a whole lot of sectionals, a state championship, but more than anything, a nice guy, man. He was he – was, when I was coaching the girls' team, he always went out of the way to be nice to me at Jeffersonville. He didn't have to do that, but he'd always talk about basketball. We coached against each other. He was always talking about him. He always talking about the kids. And to see someone like him be able to go out and everyone knows he's going out and get the recognition he deserves on the way out. I hope fans go to New Albany games just to tell Coach Shannon goodbye and they appreciate what he's done for Southern Indiana sports the last 20 years. Yeah, 20 great plus point. years. Great point. It uh, it was fun to have him on a week or so ago and be one of the first with that news and get to hear directly from him. But he's been really a legend in our area. Uh, did, did some amazing things with New Albany as far as his win-loss record and success in the postseason. But one of the things that I think we'll always remember from Jim Shannon was how he guided a very tough ship during Romeo Langford's years because not only was that tough for him with all the fanfare and expectations, but he brought Southern Indiana basketball, I hate to say back, but he reminded us of what it was some years ago, and that was special, Chad. Kudos to Coach Shannon. And you're all staff. You all did a great job with that. But seeing Coach Shannon go out, you know, a great tribute to him from uh, all of us at Charleston, and I know everyone at Southern Indiana is so congratulations, Coach. All right, sounds good. Chad Gilbert, my guest, that's going to wrap things up for this Monday edition of the program. Back with you Tuesday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. WXVW, Jeffersonville.